Hi, I'm Jack Grimmer at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. A very good evening and welcome to this week's Wickham Wanderers Show. Uh, Colin is on the sub bench, so I've come off the sub bench and is leaking with you for the next hour. Where you'll hear from former Chairboys player Andy Kerr. Of course, we have our match debrief with Phil Catchpole. And also, in the week that Bill Turnbull would have celebrated his 67th birthday, Phil Catchpole has been talking to his daughter, Flora, who is running this year's London Marathon, uh, dedicated to her dad and also raising money for Prostate Cancer UK. All of that coming up in the next hour. We start, though, with the highlights from Tuesday night. Welcome to Adams Park. It's a frosty, cold night. It's going to be warm out on the pitch because it's Wickham Wanderers taking on their local neighbours, Oxford United. They're still jostling in the six-yard area and Jordan the beater is told to wait before taking the corner. The whistle goes and it will come in now. In it goes, goes towards that back post. It's up to Vokes, he heads it back across. Hanlon's shot is charged down. To ball up to McCarthy, McCarthy into Wheeler. Chests the ball down intelligently to Vokes. Oh, that's a lovely pass by Vokes to Mametti. Now Mametti's got the ball to run at. Anderson goes on the outside, lays it across the face of goal. It's a good bit of keeping by Eastwood. Got his angles right. And Brannigan has the ball just outside the centre circle. Tries to cute little pass to Wildshot and it's defended well. But now Mametti has the ball on the counter. Mametti heading towards the penalty area. Anderson trying to catch up. Mametti still going. Lays it back there we go. to Vokes. Yes! Mametti to Sam Vokes. And Vokesy, it's been a little while for his goal. But he doesn't miss those. And he skates over to Mametti for the full celebration. And Alice Mametti there unpicked the lock. Streer goes long towards Vokes. Vokes wins a flick on it. It's lovely to Mametti. Mametti sprints onto it now. He's inside the area. Goes for goal! Yes! Alice Mametti take a ball. And if any teams are watching that, keep finding the pound signs. Superb stuff from Alice Mametti. Vokes returns the compliment from his first goal. It was his header with the assist, but Mimetti had plenty to do. But boy, didn't he do it well. Vokes then puts the ball out wide to Mimetti. A beater's giving an option out wide. Mimetti uses a beater. The beater first time cross comes in, looking for Vokes. Drops down to wing on the volley. This hits it a touch early, gets underneath it, and that goes into the uh, Wickham fans on the terrace who put the ball to the back of the terrace. We won't be seeing that again. <laughs> and the referee blows a full-time whistle. Wickham Wanderers, who haven't been in action for 10 days and won't be playing again for 11. Have interspersed a long gap with a really good performance and three points, Danny, and that's exactly what they needed tonight, wasn't it? Absolutely, and it's in Oxford started the game probably the better. Um, but I felt Wickham got the goal at, at a crucial time, and then the game changer Mimetti uh, in the first half was a real difference, a, a real uh, mark of quality above everyone else on the pitch, really. And um, yeah, a well-deserved victory and a well-managed game, I think. And uh, we leave you with the full-time score of Wickham Wanderers two, Oxford United nil. Those were your highlights from Tuesday night. Let's catch up uh, with Phil Catchpole for this week's match debrief. Evening, Phil. How you doing? 
I'm very well, very well indeed. Yeah, buoyed by that victory over our near neighbours. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, before we speak about that, though, two things to mention. Uh, congratulations on uh, one year of Wanderers TV. You must be really happy with how it's all gone in the last 12 months. I can't believe it's only been a year. It's flown by, isn't it? And yeah, I learned a lot. Um, hopefully people have enjoyed the content and, uh, you know, and thanks to you guys as well, an integral part of, of the match day operation in, in getting us out there with, you know, with the, with the commentary over, over the filming of the games and everything else. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a really good year. Um, you know, obviously so much has happened as well, but, um, but yeah, it's just been a real privilege to be able to get inside and film what's been going on and, and, and keep telling the story of this wonderful club. Uh, and the other thing to mention is that, and I'm not sure if this was, if we mentioned this on air or if it was off air, uh, but you actually got a prediction right. You said it was going to be 2 0, and it was. Well, you know, it, a stop clock is, is right twice a day, isn't it? So <laughs> it was going to be some point in this season one of my predictions was going to come true. But I'm just glad it was Tuesday night. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's hear your thoughts on the game, though. It was an excellent game. Um, not to sound like Gareth Ainsworth, but it was really a whole team performance. Everyone performed really, really well. Um, but what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought we, we really controlled the game. I thought it was a um, from 1 to 11, as you just said, a really excellent performance. Um, I know Gareth doesn't like to pick players out singly, but I mean, I thought Jack Grimmer was excellent in the heart of defence. It's not his, his natural position, centre-back. He's been a right-back by trade, but... You know, he was. I think he was 29 on Burns' night the day after as well. So you know, he's. You can almost say he's moving into that sort of senior player in terms of his character as well. Um, but to see him play so well at centre back the other night and you know, an underrated pass as well for one of the goals to, to get Anis away down that left hand side. Um, so yeah, I thought he was excellent. I thought Scone and Wing really controlled the midfield. Um, I know Carl Robinson has said to the contrary, um, but Wickham. Excellent in both penalty areas, um, never looked in any danger um, and a really good performance. And the one thing I was worried about going into the game was was the lack of rhythm because of the postponement of the Bristol Rovers game. Um, but Gareth Ainsworth has, has con- constantly talks about the adaptability of this squad and dealing with all sorts of different situations and circumstances. Um, and again, they came up tramps on Tuesday night. They looked, they looked sharp. You know, of course they were going to be fresh. They didn't have the ninety minutes on, on Saturday, but they looked match sharp and they looked focused. And I think that's a really difficult thing to achieve when you've got a, a patchy schedule like Wickham have got, and they've got to do the, the same again um, next week because obviously this weekend we don't have a game. So a real testament to Gareth Ainsworth and the staff here as well for getting the players physically and mentally ready for that game. And I thought they absolutely deserved the victory, and um, and it was great to get one over our near neighbours. And uh, and Gareth Fainsworth was in, was in a good mood after the game, as you'd expect. Thank you for all those who turned up, you know, and including the Oxford fans. You know, they made a good journey down on a real cold night. Um, the the lower tier of the stand was closed. Obviously, we had some problems there, but the the, the guys made noise. You know, they were behind us. Um, it's always a nice one, isn't it? You know, the, the M40 derby there. Um, I know Oxford's rivals are Swindon, but we we have become this team. That now that we uh, we like, you know, having this this atmosphere and this uh, this sort of rivalry between the two clubs, it's, it's nice and uh, and I say it's been a good atmosphere tonight, uh, a well played game. Uh, I'm really pleased to come out on top. Anis Fermetti and, and Sam Vokes doing the damage in the first half and returning the compliments to each other. Yeah, that was a brilliant one, isn't it? Um, I think Anis has again showed how sought after he is. You know, he's uh, 
He's a cracking player, you know, and uh, and his his cross to Sam was just inch perfect, you know. Sam uh, has eluded the centre halves and, and the left foot finish that you expect Sam Volks to finish, you know. And I'm really pleased for Volks because uh, last year he's he's banging in goals. I think this year he's had two or three disallowed, and he would be approaching double figures now. And I think all those goals should have been allowed, you know. We have no idea why they were why they were choked off, but um, no, Sam's Sam's awesome. Um, played a brilliant pressing game from the front there which is probably not his game but um, it's something I wanted to do I saw Oxford on Saturday well for 70 minutes and then I didn't see much but um, it was uh, it was a high press that Cole put on against Ipswich a real high press um, and he played his, his five at the back um, but I had a suspicion he might go back to a four tonight and, uh, and that's why I've changed my formation to uh, to match match him up Um and you know sometimes you get it totally wrong but I was I was pleased you know Joe Jacobson took the news really well he said Gaffer if that's what you think then I'm fine with that and uh, and that's the you know the club captain um, missing out because he was he was sensational against Sheffield Wednesday um, but the boys pressed Harry didn't give any time to Oxford on the ball and um, on a cold night and a you know, on a slippy pitch uh, where the ball's not travelling really well, I thought we uh, we played some real good stuff. We uh, we had some some real good chances tonight, and uh, we could have had one or two more. Must feel good when you get that call right, because I think Kieran McKenna of Ipswich Town was bemoaning the fact that Cole Robinson took him by surprise on Saturday. Yeah. But uh, an afternoon well spent, by the sound of it, the Kassan. Yeah, you know, we all change different things, and and. Um, like I say, I have to give credit to Carl Robinson because he really gave Ipswich a, a big, big shock on Saturday and they did really well Oxford. I think they're a good side. I think they're going to end up, as they always do, coming late and, and reaching those playoffs. Um, but there's going to be a massive bum fight for a two spaces here, you know, and, uh, you know, Derby, Ipswich, Chef Wednesday and Plymouth look like the top four. After that, wow, there's going to be a, there's going to be a scrap. I think Portsmouth have won again. Shrewsbury coming into it, you know, uh, Charlton are big, you know, and uh, Barnsley, Bolton, Wickham, Oxford. There's a lot of good teams in there, you know. So um, we just want to keep on the coattails of the ones above us and uh, and hope we can you know, crash a party because that's what we do with this, uh, this club. It's the smallest in the league, but um, we've got big hearts and uh, and we'll scrap. But um, no, fair play to uh, to both teams tonight. I thought um, it was a, a real good game. No malice in it at all. Oxford have got some real good players. Um, night belongs to us. Uh, it could could go either way, you know that. But um, some, some real quality players especially from Annis but some of the pressing like I said the, the, the defending you know I think Oxford had a fair share of shots but it didn't feel like it because the tackles the last ditch the Josh going just seems to be everywhere at times and Jack Grimmer and Saf I thought really marshalled it well in defence um, another clean sheet for Max which is good just a, a good all round performance and uh, I've just been told it's uh, it's our number one fan Bill Turnbull's birthday tomorrow as well so that's uh, that's nice you know that one uh, that one's for, for Bill looking down on us I'm sure he'll be uh, enjoying that one It's been 10 days since Wickham lost to Sheffield Wednesday here at Adams Park it's 11 days until the next game against Port Vale how important was it in terms of the league and momentum that Wickham got the three points tonight Yeah we, we lost against Sheffield Wednesday 1-0 in a really close fought game and then we we didn't have a game um, and that felt like a long time you know and, and it was a long time we've struggled this week training we've had to train on AstroTurf um, we've you know I, I can't thank the, the groundsman at Wickham enough and, and Rob Kuig he's uh 
put the undersoil heating on us for us yesterday just to get a session on the pitch, which it's, it costs, by the way. The energy prices don't, you know, you don't think that football clubs don't have to pay them as well. We've had to pay a lot of money to get the undersoil on for a couple of days so we can train down here and get this game on tonight. Thank goodness we did because I thought the training session went well yesterday. The game's gone well tonight um, and, and it has been tough. But I just said to the boys now, with no game this weekend, going into a, a sort of 10 day break again, it's nice to be on the back of a win, you know. And, uh, and I think, you know, there's a couple of teams with games in hand. I think we've got a game in hand with somebody above us. There's going to be all sorts of twists and turns yet. But um, to be in the mix at this stage of the season is, uh, is nice and uh, just hoping we can have a good window, which means keeping hold of most of my players. Um, maybe one or two still on the fringes just may go out for some games, but uh, I'm really pleased where we are at the moment. If there are any scouts watching Alice Ametti tonight, they'll be going back to work tomorrow with a full notebook, won't they? No, no, I don't think so. Though, really. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Gareth, uh, enjoy the weekend. I'm sure you'll be watching lots of League One football, but great, great results tonight. Well done. Thank you very much, Top Man. One question that no one ever asks you: You asked Danny Sender, who joined you uh, for the commentary. He was he was great. But who was your man of the match? You mentioned Jack Grimmer earlier. Would it be Would it be Jack that was your man of the match? I think so. Yeah, because. Um, like I say, there's so many circumstances in there. He's slightly out of position, but um, he's a really great character as well. Um, and that spine of the team now, Striek, Tafazoli, Grimmer alongside him in this occasion, Scohan and Wing and folks you know, down the middle, that's a fantastically strong spine. And you can see now Wickham looking comfortable, controlling games. And that's probably what we were lacking at the start of the season where it was just taking a bit of time for the characters to rise and fill the airspace left by Akinfema and Stockdale. But we're seeing that come through now um, as well. So, yeah, I thought Jack was just superb because, you know, Oxford are a good side. They've got really good players as well. But I thought Wickham just really controlled it from start to finish. Um, and I thought Jack was a huge part of that. Um, but it's difficult because... You know, one to eleven. I thought the performance was excellent right the way across the board. Um, but we had to speak to Jack after the game. It was his birthday the day after as well, uh, and it was he's always good fun to interview Jack, especially after a win. But he was absolutely buzzing. I think because we've not had many games, it honestly makes it that bit more sweeter. Um, and the fact that we don't have a game this weekend it definitely makes it sweeter because you can sit on the three points for you know you've done your bit. Let the, let the other teams go. And, fight it out this weekend um, and of course obviously against Oxford it's always nice to get one over on them an excellent performance from yourself and the whole team uh, and the result too but I know Gareth Ainsworth is all about a performance is it a shame we're not playing Saturday now are you itching to get back out there well this is the thing I feel like we were apart from Plymouth which I thought we could have got something out of in the end and um, at Sheffield Wednesday which I still think we could have got something out we've been in good form um, apart from those two losses I think December we did well and I think it's been a bit like you know a really slow start to the year um, but you just need to look at February, March and we've got a lot of games so yes I'd probably rather be playing more often during this good form but like I said, we can get rested up, enjoy the weekend and then, you know, hopefully come out the traps flying at Portville. Uh, you came here as a right back, but centre back of late and uh, a really assured performance, especially tonight. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, <clears throat> it's one of those, you know, it's that cliche saying, as long as I'm playing, I'm happy, you know, to help the team. But I think it's obviously coupled with the fact that we've kept clean sheets as well, which is always right back or centre back is always a nice feeling. 
um, you know especially when we went to two goals up you know some of the other boys are probably thinking to go get 3-4 and I'm thinking no we need a clean sheet so I think it's the you know the defence mentality which I think Max is getting the rewards that you know that's probably double figures clean sheet maybe for him and which is good to you know good for him to pick up that um, you know get another clean sheet on his record and you know as long as I'm playing and part of the defence you know clean sheets are always welcome Tap alongside you, but Lewis Wing and Josh going in front as well. What's the view like in the middle of the pitch? Yeah, honestly, I think, you know, as a defender, I'm obviously buzzing keeping a clean sheet, but I don't think I can sing their praises highly enough, if I'm being honest. And maybe the gaffers try to as well, but for me, they honestly make my life easier, task life easier, and, you know, the rest of the defence because. I don't want to do them, you know, a disrespect by calling them the mop because they've got so much more to their game. But honestly, they are everywhere on the pitch helping us out. And I don't think, you know, like I said, I could sing their praises highly enough because they help, they make our job a lot easier. Folks, he's been an important sort of contributor of his performance, hold up playing heading, but he got his goal tonight as well. Important one for him. Yeah, I'm buzzing for him. I think, uh, you know, obviously last season he'd scored probably, you know, the amount that he would like to and he hasn't unfortunately done that this season. But again I don't think he can be underestimated the work he does off the ball um, especially at Wickham as well we're, we, you know, we're all about characters and people that we have in the building and you know he is that guy you know I got on really well with him and you know I'm delighted for him to he gets his goal tonight but his all round play his hold up play and things you know he, he battered their centre half so I think yeah it's nice to see him score but you know I think the, the other side of his game is, is very important to us as well um, with your right back hat back on would you like to play against Anis Fometti? yeah yeah <laughs> no I'm joking I uh, I honestly I do it in training because you know you do want to test yourself against the best one on ones and he definitely is that and um, you know he's he's gotten a lot of praise this season and rightly so I feel that he you know maybe took a bit of a whack not being involved at Wembley and you know I, I think he came back raring to go and I'm not saying he came back a different player because you know the, the signs were definitely there but he came back with a point to prove and I'm buzzing for him he's getting all the plaudits and you know he's back even through his sticky patches you know he, he keeps trying to do things right and um, I'm glad that he got his goal and I think assist tonight as well and you know hopefully he can kick on again now but, well, not, but it's actually probably a good thing that we've not got another game in January so we can keep on till the rest, the rest of the season I think I think someone's <laughs> nicked the gaffer's phone just in case someone's trying to ring him yeah I think if I was them I would just put my phone on air and play mode probably for the rest of the month um, <laughs> and then see you know inevitably offers will come in because of the amount of attention he's drawn but um, you know he deserves it with his work ethic especially his work ethic I think the talent's there for all to see but we're the ones that are seeing him in the gym Monday morning, you know, before everyone else. And that's the stuff that um, the humility and the humbleness is, is what will get him further in the game than talent. So, yeah, I hope he doesn't leave us too soon, um, but he, he deserves all the plaudits for sure. And no game this Saturday. What's this look this weekend look like for you guys? Is it extra training? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think we've actually uh, got a, a training game I think on Saturday I think because you know obviously it was quite annoying and frustrating the Bristol Rovers game getting called off and because we're in such good form like I said we're itching to I'm itching to get out there you're itching to try experience that feeling of, of winning more often and the game getting called off at last minute you know kind of threw our plans into into chaos a bit but the gaffer kind of said it before the game that we are very good at adapting. Um, I've been like that, you know, all the boys have been like that since they've been here. And so, like I said, this weekend was obviously a bit more planned, um, so we know what we're doing. But 
Yeah, preparing the right way, um, get in and, you know, because the, the league is so tight, you can't really, you can be excited about the win for tonight, maybe tomorrow, actually because it's my birthday tomorrow, I'll be excited about it then, and then and then after that you you have to focus on the next game, um, because especially because the teams play on Saturday, you know, you could be down a league position by the time we go to Port Vale, so yeah, enjoy the weekend off because they are few and far between in football and um, raring to go for Port Vale. Jack Grimm was born on Burns Knot. Are you the most Scottish man in existence? I honestly think I am. I think it's underrated. That, <laughs> honestly, I don't think it was until I came down here um, to, to England that I realised just how Scottish that is. Born on, born on Burns Night and, you know, I've haggis, neeps and tatties every day on my birthday. Um, but yeah, my wife's probably treating me to haggis, neeps and tatties tomorrow for Burns Night. And uh, and yeah, it's I, it definitely makes it a sweeter birthday getting the, the three points tonight. Well, a Wickham win tonight. I wasn't going to mention the Aberdeen result, but you got the Wickham win tonight. Yeah, let's just not talk about Aberdeen at the minute. Honestly, I do keep obviously in, in touch because I'm a hometown club and obviously Toolsy as well. But, um, you know, the quicker they can turn that situation around, the better, I think, definitely. Well, enjoy the Wickham <laughs> result this week and happy birthday tomorrow. Love it, man. Thank you. Cheers, my man. Thanks. Two other people to mention, um, of course, Anna Sometti, who we'll talk about in a minute, but also Sam Vokes as well. Crucial in the goals and the goal itself. But, you know, he's he's had a, I don't want to say an unlucky season, but he's, you know, a frustrating season with a couple of goals disallowed, but finally getting that goal uh, on Tuesday. And it was it was a great goal itself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Sam Vokes is a striker. He's going to want to be scoring goals. But we often talk about his role uh, on the pitch away from the scoring of the goals as well. You know, defending set pieces is crucial to that. He's so good in the air. His link-up play, um, you know, he's on the deck and, and heading and flicking on has been has been key. Um, and, you know, he topped it off on Tuesday with a goal and an assist for Anis as well, um, which will be really pleasing for him. And let's not forget, he's had a couple of injuries as well, which have hampered him a little bit too. Um, but yeah, top scorer last season. Uh, and hopefully uh, Tuesday night can be a really good kickstart for the goal scoring as well. Because if you've got your number nine firing and you're keeping goals out of the other end, that's going to be a fantastic formula as we hit the run-in and uh, hopefully get ourselves into that top six. But, you know, he's a great character, folks, here as well. And uh, I'll say he looks a lot more comfortable putting the ball in the back of the net Tuesday than he did on that skateboard last week. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a really good performance uh, by him as well. Um, and yeah hopefully when we play Port Vale he's back on the score sheet as well well you said to Colin maybe the skateboarding needs to be part of the pre-match warm-up now yeah I'm not sure the physios or the staff here will be wanting to see him on a skateboard too regularly but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, but maybe yeah if that's what it takes then maybe we'll do it uh, and then of course Anna Fometti who uh, again had an excellent game you said uh, after his goal uh, to any clubs watching uh, more pound signs please um, and you know we are 26 days into January I think all Chairboys fans are eagerly watching social media just to you know in hoping that we can keep him through this January window because he has been outstanding yeah, he's just a joy to watch. You know, he's a joy to have around the place as well. He's in he's in the building, the first the first player here. Uh, he's incredibly focused. He's incre- incredibly driven. And it was lovely talking to Gareth the other week when we did that long chat with him, sort of the halfway through the season bit. And we talked about Anis. And he said, look, the, the technical stuff with the ball, he says, I can't teach him anything. You know, if, if anything, he could teach us stuff. Um, you know, he's got that raw natural ability. And again, credit to the staff here and Gareth and Dobbo because what they've done 
is they've worked on the areas that needed improving. He's heading, you know, as he's as he's sort of stopped growing now. He's 22 years old and he's filling out. He's getting stronger. Uh, the work ethic is really in there. He understands his defensive capability, you know, his responsibilities. He's a complete player now. Um, we saw Gareth do the same with Eberici Eze when he was on loan. Um, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but it's a team game. You've got to remember your team responsibilities. And Alice is just fantastic at that. Um, but yeah, we saw the other side, the dazzling side, the box office side to his game on Tuesday. Um, I thought the assist was wonderful. Um, the right back, it was marketing for Oxford, got taken off at half time. Um, you know, that's never never a good defensively. I think they had to take back to get a more defensive player on. But that didn't really uh, hinder Anis either. And he had a, a night to remember. And hopefully we've got a few more Saturdays and nights to remember with Anis as well as the season rolls on in, in the quarters. It'd be great for him to be here uh, for the whole season. But of course, people are going to be watching him because he's goals, he's assists, um, he's player that people want to pay money to watch. Um, but, you know, these sorts of things cost money as well. So if the right offer came in, I'm sure the club would look at it. But at the moment, he's a Wicked Wanderers player and uh, we should enjoy it while it lasts. Definitely. We mentioned the transfer window uh, earlier on today. Sully Kaikai uh, announcing that uh, moving to MK Dons after 32 appearances, he's been uh, another player that's been great for the club. Yeah, it's, um, it's a player that came here with a really excellent track record. Soleil was superb for Blackpool when they got out of League One. He played over 40 times for that team. He got promoted to the Championship. Uh, he never really kind of clicked with that consistent run in the team. Um, but, you know, if we look back at his stats and his goal involvements in, in the brief first-team opportunities he had with us, then the quality was there. Um, but I think at his stage of his career, he needs regular football. Uh, MK Dons could certainly do with some help in terms of scoring goals and winning matches at the moment, looking at where they are out of the table uh, so we wish him all the best you know he was a really good lad Soleil and um, but yeah just sometimes I think we're Gareth looking at really focusing on the squad now and sort of boiling it down and working with what he's got between now and the end of the season and, and keeping that really tight squad now uh, so yeah it should be interesting to see how we get on we'll obviously see him at Adams Park at some point later this season as well because MK have got to come in definitely and it's great to hear you, know, you spoke to uh, Gareth and to, to Rob uh, around the Christmas time with, with longer interviews and it was great hearing them that you know obviously we want to keep players that we can use on, on substitutes but they're both very aware that the more senior players want to be playing more games and that if they can do that somewhere else and the club are happy the players are happy then they're going to fully support it yeah look only 11 players can start every game um, you've got to keep the squad happy. That's a, that's a lot of place to spin. Um, but look, the football industry is a very small world. And, you know, we saw it with Nick Freeman. You know, he went out on loan to Leighton Orient. He came back, he got, a, he, got a, he got himself back in the team. He got a really long injury. Uh, but they gave him an extension to his contract. And boy, has that been rewarded because he's been excellent this season and he looks a much stronger player um, after working his way back for his rehabilitation. But treating players right, treating people with respect, doing what's best for individuals. Um, that means a lot in the football world. So that will hopefully come back to pay uh, Wickham good dividends as, as the seasons roll on. Because if you do things the right way and you treat people correctly and you do what's best for everybody and the club as well, of course, that's always first and foremost. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's happened this window. Like Daryl Horgan going out to get game time at his stage of his career, similar to Soleil. You know, this is about looking after the individuals as well and doing what's best for the club too. And hopefully everybody gets something out of the situations. You mentioned it earlier, no games now uh, for Wickham until the 4th of February, Port Vale away. Uh, we go from a quiet January to a very busy February. 
Yeah, that's the thing, though, isn't it? It's been uh, it's been an odd few weeks or a few months with the you know more Saturdays than you would normally uh, not have a match day on. Um, but yeah, again, it's one of these where Wickham have got to keep focused over the, over that, and and for the fans as well. And you know, hopefully the fans can maybe dip into non-league and, and support some of the non-league structure around here uh, by going to, uh, to, to get their football fixed this weekend um, because that's an important part of our community as well they feed into the football system too um, but yeah um, I, I can't wait for match day in our week on Saturday away at Port Vale uh, a tick off for me I've unbelievably never been there before uh, so looking forward to that as well but um, yeah we'll all be looking at the league one results come Saturday as well the games that are on and of course there's the FA Cup and no doubt we may replay one of our classic fourth round games, possibly. Over have, the weekend on Wanderers TV, you never know. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, do you have a, a poster or something that you scratch off of all the the, uh, the clubs that you've been to? Uh, no, I've just sort of got... Um, uh, every now and again, I'll sort of lit, dip through the divisions and tick off them all as I go. I think Port Vale's going to be 76 um, uh, out of the 92 for me. So, uh, but yeah, I mean... I think that that club's disbanded now. Obviously, you want to do the night too. I think when he did it before, when he got there, you got a tie or something. Oh. Um, but you know, it's a bit like painting the fourth bridge. You got to keep doing it because obviously teams get relegated and promoted. Um, so you know, I've not been to Barrow. I've not been to Salford. Um, so, but you know, my other gaps are mainly in the Premier League. But um, you know, hopefully, we get up there soon. I can tick them off too. <laughs> well, and we'll get you a tie because you can't find any wooden ducks now. So we'll just get you a tie instead. I'm, I'm not a big tie wearer, but you know, if if it's a 92 club tie, then maybe I'll make the exception. Um, and we must mention as well, it would have been uh, Bill Turnbull's birthday this week. Uh, his daughter Flora is running the London Marathon and raising money uh, for Prostate Cancer UK. Um, as of us talking now, uh, she is at £6,699 uh, and it's been a great support from the whole community um, showing their love to Bill and to Flora as well. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic um, that Flora's doing this uh, for many reasons because it's it's picking up, um, you know, Bill, her dad's legacy because he did so much to raise awareness uh, uh, and money as well uh, for Prostate Cancer UK. But, you know, the awareness was a fantastic legacy and uh, it's brilliant that Flora can contribute to that as well and, and it brings a connection to her for her, for her dad as well, obviously. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really hard year of firsts when you lose someone um, because, you know, first Christmas, Christmas, first birthday, these these are tough milestones um, for the family. Um, but, you know, they'll obviously take great solace in, in Bill's legacy and the impact that he had, uh, you know, not least the Wickham Wanderers, but across the whole community. Um, so, yeah, it's really lovely to see that, you know, lots of Wickham fans are getting stuck into that sponsoring as well. And we wish Floor all the best because, you know, that's a tough ask doing the London Marathon. Uh, but Bill did five himself. So, uh, you know, I'm sure she would have got some advice uh, uh, down the line. But we'll see what happens with her. But I'm sure she'll fly around and um, and she'll get huge support um, from everybody, but not least from everyone connected with Wickham Wanderers. Definitely. And as did, we wish her all the best with the marathon. Am I I'm, I'm all right saying that you've done the marathon? I did it in 2019, yeah. Um, I would. Uh, I think running it is probably stretching it. Uh, you <laughs> would have done around. it a lot quicker than I, I would. <laughs> I got around and uh, again, you know, when I did it, I raised money for Scannerpill, a local charity, and, and Wickham Wanderers fans were uh, were huge in, in the sponsorship uh, that I raised for that. And uh, and again, you know, um, it just goes to show what a, you know, a great initiative London Marathon is and the millions and millions of pounds they've raised down the years uh, for charities as well. And, and the awareness too but yeah yeah I don't I don't envy Flora getting out there in the moment the training is tough during the winter 
um, I won't lie. Um, but you know, she's got um, she's got a real drive and motivation to do it, and a great story for it too. So uh, yeah, we wish you all the best. Definitely. Phil, thank you as always. Um, good luck with whatever you're commentating on Saturday. It might be, I don't know, cars going past your window or something. <laughs> I mean, it might be commentating with my toddler putting football <laughs> through the window, maybe, yeah. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Good evening, you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers show. It is Luke in for Colin. Hope your Thursday is going well. Time for our ex-players chat of the week with thanks as always to the Wickham Ex-Players Association. And this week it is Wanderers former player Andy Kerr uh, who has been tracked down to Vancouver Island in Canada. Uh, Long remembered by uh, many Blues fans for playing back in the 1990s. And Colin caught up with him earlier in the week and started by asking him what he's up to at the moment. So I'm a wealth manager at uh, the largest credit union to financial institution in Canada. I, uh, I help people manage their wealth. How's that? That's, <laughs> that's very different to what many supporters might have seen you last do. <laughs> well, it's, it's a far change from football, I can tell you that. So how did that happen? Because I know you were in Singapore as well, so just uh, before the pandemic. Yeah, so... Uh... I spent many years in the UK. I was born and educated and bred in the UK, and I spent many years playing football. I, I had some fantastic years at Wickham Wanderers uh, from the old stadium and to the stadium where they are now. And um, at the end of the career, I, I did try and dabble in the media. I did some radio work and I did some work for Sky. And um, I actually applied for a job at Wickham Wanderers as a uh, coaching in the community um, uh, head and unfortunately even though uh, I thought I had my badge I'd get it and I didn't so I, I kind of exhausted my channels in the UK and I, I still felt like I had a lot to give so I had to look overseas and uh, I needed a, a, a breath of fresh air to get me going so I just moved to Asia. So I think a really nice place to start with when we chat to, to ex-players is kind of just to really gauge your, your kind of earliest memories if you like of your time certainly at, at Wickham. Yeah, I mean, my earliest time. Jim Kelman was my the first person I saw at uh, at Wickham Wanderers, who was a, a great coach, and we um, we were very very privileged as non league players to train at places like uh, Bisham Abbey. Um, so it gave you that feeling that you were um, amongst the professionals, and uh, I, I was very lucky to be part of a cohort of players that had the had the. The, the fundamentals for a great team. And, and that was evident over the years that we were successful. And I guess as well, once you first started, you couldn't imagine how, how well established you'd be in the team and, and, and playing under Martin Inlow, of course, and the, the, the trophy finals that you were involved with as well. Yeah, the, the trophy final was one of those memories. I, I, I was very lucky again. I keep saying that because yeah, it wasn't just my talent. I was with some great players and we had some great coaching staff and management um, and the, and the, the supporters were phenomenal. I, I'm not sure what they're like now, but back then, considering Wickham was a small ground and a small team, um, the support was fantastic and uh, got us through a lot of games. And, and we, had, we had some great runs and some great matches. And uh, we were very fortunate to get promoted a few times and go to Wembley. And, and it was a, a very, very successful time. And many of the, the players that you play with, it was such an established team, wasn't it? And the, the partnerships that you established at the back with, with so many great teammates as well. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, poor old. Um, I heard recently uh, the sad news that what happened to my old mucker, Glenn Creaser, and uh, he was a stalwart, um, not just in the the, the conference, but he'd, he he was a personality and uh, a character, and Terry Evans as well, Matt Crosley. We had some some great players at that time, and as I say, it was uh, it was uh, I think more luck than judgment that I ended up with a cohort of players that actually were we should have played should have been playing at a higher level, but football. As it is, um, you know, you, you get these uh, changes in your career and you end up together and and uh, having the motivation from somebody like Martin O'Neill, who, geez, you know, um, dressing room motivation, you he's probably as good as you can get in a changing room to motivate you when your head's not in the right place. So the, the conditions were good. The new stadium was fantastic. Um, everything came together at the right time, and we had a, a good uh, a good run of three or four years. So obviously, reflecting on, on things which must really stand out and, and leading the team out against Runcorn, and, and obviously scoring as well. Yeah, it's funny enough. I, I have two young girls, and uh, I'm trying to. I'm 56 years old now, so I'm at the other side of the uh, of that spectrum, and I'm trying to uh, leave something that they may remember at some point because they were born in Singapore. Now they live in Canada and they, they've had a, um, a kind of a, a global um, exposure, but they really don't know what Papa did. And so uh, I really want to, I'm, I tried to talk to them about it and they just look at me like, Papa, what are you talking about? <laughs> do, you, do you show them photographs? You must have many, many a picture that you can yeah. show them. <laughs> photographs. So my, Clearly, um, my hair uh, is is a story in itself. So when you when I look through the decades, it's changed each decade from having um, kind of a big afro, which was very fashionable in the in the seventies, and then uh, flat top, which was very fashionable in the eighties, and and then I had funky dreads, which was like you know every decade I look completely different. And so now I don't have any hair at all. <laughs> I'm sure your young children are very, are very. I sort of, I'm sure they find it most amusing to be watching, watching how much their dad has changed. Yeah, they, uh, they, they love, they love just, they just love anything to do with excitement. And when I show them anything where there's a crowd, uh, they get excited. They're just your normal kids. So, are there any other particular kind of games or occasions, or or, or one of your goals, perhaps you know, that really stand out uh, during your time at the club? Oh. Good question. So, um, obviously, the scoring at Wembley is something not everybody gets to do, and uh, and we won the cup, and I was captain, so that was that was one of those um, standout moments. But um, in my opportunistic days, when many people might not remember, but Wimbledon used to be a pretty much a prolific football club, um, I did have an opportunity under Joe Kinnear to um, to play for play for uh, Wimbledon and it didn't actually materialise the way I'd like it and in the end I spent another season at Wickham Wanderers and we got promotion and we won the cup so it, you know the, the calculation was good but I think I might not be a uh, working as a wealth manager if I'd been playing in the first division. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, what would you say is the key to kind of your success? Because uh, the different players you mentioned, uh, Glenn Creaser, obviously, you know, other players that you play with at the back and obviously a, a pretty decent goalkeeper behind you as well. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure many, many sort of forwards kind of really, really feared coming, coming up against, you know, the Wickham defence. Yeah, I mean, John Kerr was around. We shared a funny enough same namesake as myself. But when we when I first arrived, there were a few players that came and went. But John seemed to stick out for a while. And Mark West, obviously, I think everybody in Wickham knows who he is. He he had a great track record, but he had an uncanny 
ability to score important goals. Um, and then through the years, obviously, the likes of Tim Langford and um, Casey, um, I can't the name escapes me, um, and Scotty, who's <laughs> who probably everybody's still familiar with because he carries a, um, a, a, a reputation around with himself, Keith Scott. And, and up front, I mean, Steve Guppy stands out. He... He came to Wickham as a 20, 21-year-old, rough and rugged from Southampton, and and uh, groomed himself and managed to to have a great career. And the style of football that you played as well really excited the fans. You mentioned, you know, Steve Guppy obviously with his fantastic crosses and pace as well, and, and, and midfield and, and obviously you know defence as well, and, and so well organised under Martin as well. Yeah, Martin's um, Martin. I feel Martin's great strength is his um, ability to to get the best out of players who may not have the right um, attitude. He, he has this ability to motivate you when you don't feel like being motivated and getting the best out of the team to pull together. And I think that's been testimony to his managerial skills and, and we've witnessed, witnessed that through the teams he's managed throughout the decades. And did it feel so special being at the club at a time where, you know, it was on the cusp of really going from a non-league kind of part-time to, to really full-time professional side into the, into the Football League? Yeah, I, I was um, when I was sixteen. I started at Shrewsbury Town. That were there in the, the second division, the old second division at the time. Uh, and I, uh, at the age of twenty, was again one of those career moves where you're disappointed. I thought I was due to go in a new professional contract, and they didn't renew my contract. And I went to semi-professional football and played to tel- at Telford for a while, and, and did some work outside of football, thinking that I needed to provide provide myself with a, uh, a professional career outside of the game. And um, Wickham, well, it was Jim Kelman who uh, we talked to and he said, you know, you're too young to be to be pretty much, you know, giving up on the game. And he saw the, saw the uh, potential in me. And, and, and the moment I arrived at Lokes Park, I mean, first of all, the pitch was a slope and, and people who were old enough to remember it would, would think in today's environment that would be unheard of. Um, but it was it was just a, a period where there were the right players at the right time with the right attitude and and there was a hell of a lot of desire in the side to 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 do well and uh, we were all buddies and we, we were all mates and we we would you know we'd pretty much look after each other we'd do whatever we could and and things worked out quite well. I think that's something that really the, the fans really appreciated as well. And you could tell, you know, how, how, how hard the team worked. And, and also, you know, for yourself to, to add over 250 appearances, you know, for the club. How, how do you look back overall on, on your time at the club? Yeah, I, I, I obviously, I'm very, um, I'm very happy to have had the career that I've had, albeit it wasn't, it wasn't at the top flight. And um, I look back and, at the time that the, the girlfriend I had kept a, a scrapbook unbeknown to me. So at the end of my career, I had this fantastic scrapbook to look through and, um, and, and that's going to stay in my family. And um, I really treasure it because it's a fundamental part of my life. It's formed and shaped my character. And there's no way I would have, I would be a manager in the financial sector without the attitudes that I've picked up and the characteristics I've picked up by playing football and learning the disciplines and um, the desire and motivation, the hard work to succeed. So, you know, it's, it's, it's shaped my life. And the relationship we, you have with the fans as well, such, such a, a supporter favourite as well throughout your, your time there. Oh, well, thank you. I'm not quite sure about that, <laughs> but I'll take it. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a decent relationship with the crowd. As a defender, it's normally the, um, 
the forwards that sparked the attention. But I think I was, uh, again, I, I started off my career as a midfielder, so I loved scoring goals. And, and Glenn Creaser and I used to, you know, we used to have this, Tally trying to score who could score the most goals as a centre back and um, with the crosses like Simon Hutchinson and Steve Guppy and Dave Carroll, you know the the crosses kept coming in and and I was lucky enough to have um, the ability to jump quite high and good timing and and so things worked out well. And fantastic that you've been through all that together with with those players and I'm sure many of them you know you're still in touch with today. Well, th- there's that's an interesting thing. I I left in 2004 and I was living. Um, in Buckinghamshire at the time, and I moved to Southeast Asia, and it's the other side of the world, and it's a little red dot in um, in, in Asia, and people don't know really know where it is. Um, and I, in order for me to change my career and push on, I needed really need to get my head down. And if I if I can say, I, I took a lot, a lot of exams, so that that meant I had to focus my attention on something else. And and sadly, my um, ability to retain relationships with a lot of my, my ex-players, um, it didn't really happen. I started a family. I had to focus on the future um, and focus on carving out a career in wealth management. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, if there's one part of me that's a bit sad, it's that I should have kept in, in touch better with some of my own muckers, as you call them. No, absolutely. And really great that the Ex-Players Association, though, can, you know, sort of keep you, uh, you know, in touch and especially with technology. And, and you know, I, we say you're in Canada in a, a different time zone, but, you know, it, it must feel like, you, you know, it's quite easy to keep in touch with, with people still. Well, I was, I was saying to John Taylor when he contacted me that uh, I'm a bit of a voyeur. I kind of watch things from a distance. So... I would look at things on LinkedIn. I, I see the players when they get together, and I, I, it does bring back fantastic memories. But the time zone issue is a is a bit of a problem. But when I spoke to to John uh, recently, just uh, he kind of reignited that little spark and fire in your tummy, and mentioned that there's a get together in uh, the in November. And I'm kind of thinking I might have to get a flight. <laughs> Oh, no, that would be fantastic to, as I say, re- reunite yourself with, with some of the players that you mentioned as well. It must be really nice as well for you to look back or, or forward, I should say, and really see how the, how the team's doing now. Yeah, I, um, again, time zone difference. And I'm in Canada, so the, the number one sport in Canada is, uh, is ice hockey. And they like, uh, they like basketball and they like baseball. And it's, uh, you have to really search a little bit or stream to get soccer. And um, so, so I'm hoping that I can actually help people um, understand what football is as opposed to soccer. And also when the World Cup comes to Vancouver in 2026, I'll be, I'll be very vocal in my sphere trying to educate people about the beautiful game because uh, no matter what anybody tells me, I still think it's the best game in the world. No, definitely. And are you really enjoying your, your career of, in wealth management now as well? And as you say, great that you can you know, use some of the skills that you picked up on the, on the football pitch as well. Absolutely. I, I, if there's one thing I could tell young kids, um, it would be to, to, to get the attitude and the temperament and the motivation and the diet and the sleep right, because those characteristics carry you through every single type of, of industry that you'll need. If you want to succeed, you need to build some good habits. Um, and, and football is as good a, a sport to build those habits in, in terms of teamwork, camaraderie, helping others, listening, um, pushing people on, um, digging in. Uh, when the chips are down, you pull your shirt, shirt sleeves up and you start fighting and battling away and you work with your comrades for an end goal. These are all 
skill sets we need in the in the marketplace. So it's football and sport in general is great for that. Well, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Uh, really great to hear that you're, you're doing well. And I'm sure many, many Wiccan fans will be so pleased to hear from you as well. Thank you so much indeed for your time. And uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. A big thank you to Andy and a big thank you, as always, to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association uh, for all of their support over the last three series of the Wickham Wanderers show. Uh, now, next week, we've got a very special show lined up because we will be live from Adams Park. Uh, we're going to be coming live from the Wanderers Warm Hub, uh, the foundation's new initiative, uh, along with uh, their support from Dreams and the council as well. Uh, if you've not heard about it, local people aged 65 plus are welcome to Adams Park Warm Hub uh, for a delicious meal and some great company as well. We'll be learning all about it and talking to people that can be down there as well next week from seven o'clock where the Wick Wonder Show will be live from the Warm Hub. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Time for the last part of this week's Wickham Wanderer show. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, this week would have been the 67th birthday of Bill Turnbull. And his daughter, Flora, is running the London Marathon this year, uh, raising it in the memory of her dad and also raising money uh, for Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, And so far, Flora has raised uh, over £6,800. And Phil spoke to her earlier in the week for Wanderers TV to find out how her training was going and raising money for prostate cancer. Yeah, no, it's actually going really well, thanks. Um... It's, it's not ever, these distances are not ones that I've covered before. So kind of starting from the ground up. But I think because I've been quite consistent with just starting at the bare minimum, um, actually like, you know, slowly does it and it's actually really helped. So I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but yeah, here we go. I'm kind of at the halfway mark at this point. Well, the weather's going to get better from here on as well, which makes it a bit easier. Um, but I guess the other yeah. thing as well is it's a cause close to your heart, very close to your heart. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I think, you know, I just thought in the year after losing dad that I wanted to give myself a bit of a purpose and what better purpose than to kind of keep his legacy alive and keep raising money for prostate cancer and just keep getting the word out there about, you know, men getting tested and just keep the profile up of prostate cancer because, you know, we're now realising how, you know, how vast it really is as an illness and how many men it affects and their families and just... You know, I just kind of wanted to continue the work that dad had started um, and to give myself a bit of a focus as well. So, yeah, that's been quite a positive thing, I think, to come out of this year. Yeah, losing a parent is is, is a really horrible thing to go through in grief. But the training, as you say, gives you that purpose as well. And what do you reckon, Bill, your dad would have said about you doing the marathon? I'm sure he would have given you lots of advice. (laughs) Yeah, he would have. He's run it five times or he had run it five times in his life. So he was definitely a bit of an expert with marathons. But, you know, he was always very level headed and um, just he probably would have just given quite sound advice about it all and um, enjoyed hearing about the training and everything. So, yeah, I think he would have been really pleased that I was doing it. But I definitely needed I, I'm not one of those people who's just going to go and do a marathon for no reason. <laughs> you know, like I needed a good reason to do it. So this was the best reason I could think of. I'm sure when the going gets tough as well, you'll feel him on your shoulder, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, 
I think when I'm training is a time when I can really think about dad and also remember kind of runs that I used to go on when I was younger with dad and just think about the marathons that he's run and all of the work and training that he's put into it. It's just a really nice time to reflect because I think, you know, our lives get so busy and we don't always make the time to properly grieve and think, you know, things overtake us and you can often be surprised by your grief at strange moments. But the running gives you that kind of reflective time out um, and while you're doing something positive as well to think about that person. And part of that reflection surely must be the impact that your dad had for Prostate Cancer UK as well, because, I mean, I'm still wearing my badge. I still see loads of them all around Adams Park and all around football in general. Um, and he had a huge impact, didn't he? His story really touched a lot of people. Yeah, it's quite amazing. I, you know, I still can't really get over how many people reached out in the the days after he died and in the press and all the stories about him. You know, we were just so proud of him and, you know, the impact that he has um, in telling his story. I would, I, I don't think he really knew, you know, I think he knew that, you know, he touched a few people's lives in being able to come out about his own experiences. But I don't think he knew the level with which... Um, so many people had actually got gone and got diagnosed and, um, you know, faced the illness because of watching him. Because I think, you know, it's such a difficult thing to do to make that first trip to your GP or to book that first test in is, is you know, not something to be scorned at because it's such a scary thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we're all very proud of him and the impact that he had in that way. And you're announcing you're running the London Marathon and, and, and raising money and on a special day because this would have been Bill's birthday today. Yeah, so that's, um, that's yeah, that's a really nice thing to do. You know, his birthday was always a big thing in our house because it's Burns Night, obviously. So <laughs> you may have heard about how he used to do the full Burns address and the full Scottish accent around the table. And that was a big thing for Dad. He loved it. So, you know, it's it's hard. It's a difficult day to think, gosh, you know, that reality of him not being here anymore, but also, you know, trying to just remember him in the best way possible and just keep going with everything that he initially started. Well, Flora, I, I'm, without doubt, he'll be very proud of what you're doing. Uh, and you've got the whole club, Wickham Wanderers, the club, the staff, the players, all of the fans will be rooting for you as you go around the streets of London as well. And uh, and I'm sure Thanks. lots of people are going to get involved and, and get behind you and sponsor you as well. That's so nice. Thank you. And I have to say just such a huge thank you to everyone at Wickham Wanderers because, you know, Dad, that was his life, the club. You know, he absolutely adored it. And to know just how much love you gave him back and how much purpose you gave him, especially, you know, in the last years of his life, that's what really kept him going following Wickham. And, you know, it's such a family club and everyone who's a part of the club is just such a special person. So thank you so much for all of the support as well no, it's a real pleasure and if you want to run in the quarters you've only got to say we'll get your name on the back and everything <laughs> <laughs> thank you
From everyone here at Wickham Sound, a huge good luck to Flora uh, running at the London Marathon. And if you want to support Prostate Cancer uh, UK and Flora, then you can head to justgiving.com and search for Flora Turnbull, uh, which the link for it is on our social media and on Wickham Wanderers. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, hello, uh, then you can find the link uh, below in the description as well. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, If you're off to do some non-league football this weekend, enjoy. Maybe you're off to support the chair girls. Uh, They are in League Cup fixture this week against Milton United ladies that is away uh, in Milton all the details can be found on the Wicked Wanderers women social media page uh, which is at WWFC women uh, have a great rest of your week we will be back next week on Thursday from 7 o'clock uh, live from Adams Park and the Wicked Wanderers food hub have a great rest of your evening